Welcome to the Clay Young Show. Fresh off of a Warriors weekend, welcome back to the Clay Young Show here on Podcast225.com and on iTunes. Glad to have you guys aboard. Big weekend just went by. We've been talking about Warriors for Freedom and the Smoke 'em If You Got 'em event, along with the golf tournament over at University Club in Baton Rouge. Well, those events took place last weekend, and they were great. In fact, there's been so much rain coming down in the Baton Rouge area for the last few weeks. And on Sunday evening, right before the event, the rain let up. So it was a phenomenal time outside at Ben 77 Bistro in Perkins Row in Baton Rouge for the second annual Smoke 'em If You Got 'em event presented by Orion Instruments. All of the partners who helped put this together, we appreciate you. You can see some of the pictures from the event on my Facebook page. I guess I could put them on the Twitter account as well, but hey, Facebook is good enough. If you don't really use Facebook, then well, you know, whatever. But they're up at the Facebook page, and I think you'll enjoy it. Look, the military veterans who were at the event, both events as a matter of fact, just serve to inspire you to do more for them. We met so many people who have served this great country, and then other people who were so committed to helping to serve the men and women who have served the country we raised some money at Smoke'em. We had a great, great time. There was great live music, great food by the folks at Ben 77. In fact, at the end of the night, now last year, we got together, we hung around, and then we left towards the end of the night. This year, we had, we had a prime rib. Not just a few of us stuck around and had a great steak at Ben 77. So it was a good night, and then on Monday... There was a golf tournament at the University Club here in Baton Rouge. So it was fun. We raised some money. We did a good thing for our military veterans, our military heroes. And I was proud to be a part of it. Glad that this event is able to benefit so many who have done so much for so much, so many of us. All right, up next, our guest this week, David Vincent, the owner of David Vincent's Martial Arts and Fitness. He is a seventh-degree black belt. He's been a friend of mine for a little while. And in fact, uh, I was a student at his school for a while there, fell in love with martial arts at his school. And contrary to popular belief, martial arts actually calms you more than it ramps you up if it's done right and in the right environment. So you'll get a chance to hear how he got into martial arts. We'll talk a little bit about self-defense, self-esteem, and all of the things that go into building someone into the complete martial artist and it has a lot more to do with the real estate between your ears than how how hard you can kick someone so hopefully you enjoy this conversation that's up next right here on the clay young show on podcast 225.com and on itunes clay young here with john conroy the founder and owner of pest stop do-it-yourself pest control formosan termites are horrible i can tell you from personal experience there's nothing like coming home and seeing that happening in your house and the first thing i did was call john conroy so if you have not had the displeasure of dealing with them or if you have and you want to make certain they don't come back here's the man what do you do well look if you know just because you're seeing a few termites with wings in the house doesn't necessarily mean you have an infestation. It just means you've got a colony close by. So if the home hadn't been treated in the last five years or so, you need to come see us because we carry the exact same products the pros use. How do we find you? In Metairie, we're located at 3512 Severn Avenue next to the Pepper Mill. 
on the North Shore. We're at 1417 North Highway 190. That's in the same shopping center as Sherwin-Williams and Villarese Florist. On the West Bank, we're on the Palco, just past the Harvey Bridge. And in Baton Rouge, we're at 806 O'Neill Lane. Do it yourself and get it right at Pest Stop. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. All right, back with David Vincent, the owner of MA Fit, David Vincent's Martial Arts and Fitness. He's been a friend of mine. Dave, I guess we've been friends going on 10 years. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. It was right. like, it was 06. Yeah, it was 06 that I started coming to your studio, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. You run a place in Baton Rouge, for those listening in other, other areas, that is a martial arts school for both children and adults and you do not just martial arts and your art of choice is taekwondo but there are other other disciplines that are incorporated into what you teach kids uh it's it's kind of holistic there's a lot that goes on there y'all deal with deal with the the self-esteem of not just kids but the adults as well because so many people come to martial arts because they're looking to feel better about themselves and to feel secure so we're going to do this a little out of order. First, I want to talk a little bit about the school. Just kind of talk about what you do there, you know, promote what's going on. And then we'll jump to the beginning of you getting into martial arts. All right, we could do that. Um, the studio, like you said, and, and you have a, you know, pretty good understanding having yeah. been there for, for a long time yep. and, and seen a lot of people there. We um, we teach classes for, for all age groups and we teach them in specific age group classes. So the studio has a four to six year old program and then we have a program for kids that are seven to 11, seven to 10. And then we have a teen kind of preteen program and then we have our adult program. Um, we're fortunate enough to have a big enough facility with a couple of different workout floors uh, that we can run about 63 classes a week, which mm-hmm. allows me to break those classes up into the groups that I said. Sure. Uh, and I really think that... Uh, you know, what we do, it, we teach Taekwondo. That's the art. That's yeah. the, that's the vehicle. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our mission is to, is to change lives and to enhance lives of our students through a martial arts based physical fitness, self-defense and character development. Yeah. And so, um, you know, really the school is about, and, and it is more now, the older I get, it's about the things other than kicking and punching yep. that go on, you know, it's about the character, it's about the courtesy, it's about the discipline. And I guess I always thought of that as a part of it. But like I said, the older that I get, the more I realize that is the part of it. Yeah. Oh, when you're younger, you just want to punch and kick and yeah. throw and strike and yeah. thrust and all those things. That's how we get them in That's there. That's how you get them in there. But the, but you're right. It's like the the better you feel about yourself the less likely you are to be drawn into a conflict with someone because you know, I don't need to do that because you're going to lose. You may not know you're going to lose. I know you're going to lose. And that's good enough for me to be able to just walk away and say, hey, man, everything's cool, you know, and I'll ease on down the road. Yeah, it's always, uh, you know, it's 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 always the smaller guy that's going to get picked on. Yeah. And, uh, and, and when I say that, it doesn't have to be small in stature. You yeah. Know? Uh, if, you've got, if you've got an attitude that, that you can take care of yourself – and if you've got that confidence that you can take care of yourself, right? Um, you know, it doesn't mean you'll never have to. Oh, sure. But uh, it certainly means you're not uh, looking for those opportunities. And 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 you know, in, in that in the categories of, you know, you talk about bullying and all this stuff yeah. that goes on, and you know, it's gone on 
all of our lives. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, is it any worse now than it was before? I don't know. I don't get bullied. Anymore. I guess the only <laughs> well, but, uh, I guess the only thing that's different is now kids can go to social media. Yeah, yeah. Where before it generally happened at school or on the playground. Nobody now, took a picture of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now people can tweet bullying comments yeah. about kids. Bullies never go away. Bullies exist in the business world. Sure. You know, they they exist everywhere. But there's nothing that gives more pleasure than figuratively, of course, I guess I mean, bloodying the nose of a bully. Sure. And because and kids need to learn sometimes bloodying a bully's nose doesn't mean throwing a punch. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's just uh, ignoring them, ignoring them. It's not giving them any power or authority over you. You know, we say that uh, in in our art that uh, so much of it is about uh, self-control. Right. And self-control doesn't mean that... uh, that you don't hit somebody. Self-control might mean that you do hit somebody mm-hmm. uh, if it necessitates. Because it uh, could it could be that that keeps you from getting hurt, or maybe it keeps the situation from escalating. One quick strike to send a message that the, this is not what you want. Sure, this could be a lot worse. <laughs> this could be a lot yeah. worse. Yeah. So, yeah. but uh, you know, in, in 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 the idea of self-control, it means that you don't give control of yourself to somebody else, mm-hmm. and and. Gosh, you could take that so many different ways. Sure, um, you know I tell the kids all the time if if uh, you know if somebody tells you that your you know that your hair is ugly, mm-hmm. uh, you know that your breath stinks, mm-hmm. you know what? Who cares? Right. And if that if that gives you uh, a feeling of or an emotion of anger or or if you then that means you've given you've given control of yourself to that person. You've let right. them control your emotions, yeah, not just your actions. So uh, you know being able to like you say, bloody the nose of, of the bully who's going to pick on you verbally or however else. Yeah. I mean, one of the best ways to do it is is just not give them the satisfaction. Absolutely. So you are a seventh degree black belt and have been correct. doing martial arts since you were a kid. Since I was about 10 years old. So yeah. why'd you get into it? Um, well, I was a Navy brat. My dad was uh, in the military. and uh, From was, here? From New Orleans. Okay. From New Orleans. And uh, he was actually stationed in Japan. And uh, uh, for about two years, I guess, they lived in Japan. He and my mother lived in a house there. And right before I was to be born, um, he got transferred to Florida, mm-hmm. which conveniently is where her family was living. My grandfather, also military, but he worked for NASA. So she went home to Florida, which, uh, which is where I was born. Um, from the time... You know the Bruce Lee movies, the, oh, yeah. the you know Chuck Norris, all those old school. That's our generation, brother. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's you know that's what we grew up yeah. watching. You know, yeah. uh, and and my dad would always you know talk about when he trained in Japan and and so on and so it was just something that was inevitable. I mean, there was no way I was not going to do it. Uh, right. But but you didn't have a lot of schools uh, at that time. You know, when when I was young, when you and I were young, mm-hmm. uh, there really weren't, and the focus wasn't on kids. Mm-mm. It was a strictly, you know, 18 to 30 year old male Man, dominance, you know, exactly and right. it was, you know, it was, it was hardcore. Uh, so much so to make this point that what you say about it being male dominated, that's why someone like Ronda Rousey is getting such fanfare because even as old as martial arts is, there really has never been a female 
to be such a dominant personality and a celebrated personality. This is why with the millions of people who've done martial arts over the generations of the of the earth. And we know that this is a very old discipline. She's like the first. She's like the Muhammad Ali of, of mixed martial arts because it's like, wow, she's a woman and she looks like she could break most men in half. So that's a good point that you're making. But just wanted to jump in and say that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, to that, it, it gets back to the whole the whole marketing and, mm-hmm. and how, how social media and, gosh, the UFC is a marketing machine. Yep. Yep. And, uh, you know, they took, a, they took a sport that was... It was popular and then killed, globalized and killed, and yeah. then they turned around, like you said, and and revived it and globalized it. Right. And, you know now they're on ESPN. I mean, come <laughs> That's on. That's right. You know, they, but uh, yeah. And so, even though there have been you know very talented uh, female martial artists over the years, um, the marketing for them and and it just hasn't hasn't been there. Yeah. Uh, that's that I think has a lot to do with it. But uh, you know when. When I first started uh, training, and, and like I said, th- th- because there's not a whole lot of schools, there weren't a whole lot of schools at the time, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, these places would open and close. You know, yeah. and these guys that were teaching were some pretty rough characters sometimes. But you've been able to make a pretty good profit model, business model from this. Your school is successful. Lots of people know about your school if they don't know you as a person. They mm-hmm. see the brand. So how were you able to succeed in an industry that has so many trying but not able to succeed. Yeah, well, uh, I'll give you my secrets. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. The master will share his business right. secrets now. Um, I was uh, studying accounting in college. My mm-hmm. father's a CPA. Sure. And uh, and and I had a, a seat at the at the desk, an office with my name. Yeah. You know, and I said. Uh, you know what I really want to do, Dad, is I want to teach. I want to teach martial arts, and um, instead of him, you know, slamming his hands on the desk and saying, "No, son, you need to," he said, "I wish I would have done that." Yep. And uh, he said, "You know, you're you're uh, you have every opportunity mm-hmm. um, to do something that a lot of people don't, and that's 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 make your your hobby, make your life actually part, you know, make your business out of, out of what you love and have a passion for. And right. he also said to me, he said, I said, well, dad, uh, you know, obviously I could do well as a CPA if, uh, you know, if I apply myself and he said, uh, I said, so I, I do have a certain lifestyle that I would like to be able to, to live. Is yeah, that we'll a, get to that. That's one that thing a, <laughs> you and I have in common, but yes, go ahead. Yes, we do. And I said, uh, I said, is there a possibility that I could do it as just a karate instructor? I mean, yeah. come on, a simple karate instructor. He said, son, people make millions of dollars selling XYZ widgets. That's right. He said, uh, he said you'll be fine. Yep. And so from that point, you know, we, we just really approached it from a business model. I mean, instead of taking it a hobby and saying, oh, wow, you know, I love this. And so if I just put a sign on a door and, 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 open, and open it up, people are going to come. No, that's not, it's not the way it works. But that's not the way any business works. Nope. So basically what we did was we modeled our martial arts business after a real business, mm-hmm. which it, it you would think, but that's just not what happens. Lots a lot of people of times. don't do that, right? They, yeah. You know, when you own a company, as you know, people want to treat the entity like you know this is mine. Uh, it's my decisions, and a lot, of, and and the, those things may be true, but I think the most successful business owners treat their business like a person, and the person requires maintenance. The person requires upkeep and the person's got to eat. And in the way of our business, if 
you don't feed the business or if the and, and if the business isn't healthy and growing, then the business, like a person, will starve and die. Well, you know, it, it's a lot easier. Uh, we do summer day camps. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, I was just having a conversation with somebody today. And he said, oh, you guys are going to have a busy summer. And I said, you know what? I'm going to have a real busy summer. I said, but it's a lot easier to enjoy a busy summer when my classes are full. That's right. And when I know that uh, I'm going to take a vacation right. after the summer's over. Right, where, right. You know, and, that, and that's the thing. You know, you have to – I can't dedicate myself to this full-time business without feeling the reward of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And, and I get the reward every day when I work with these kids and with yeah. these adults and with these teens. Mm-hmm. And, when, and when, I, when I have these guys come back to me and, you know, they've graduated from Stanford, Harvard, LSU, of course. Uh, I've got a family that I've employed three, well, actually uh, four now, but three of them that uh, have graduated from college. And mm-hmm. they're all engineers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just... It, to, when you see that, that that is such a reward. That makes me want to be at my studio all the time. Right. But when I'm away from my studio, I want to live in a comfortable house. I want to drive a decent car. Yeah. I want to be able to eat at the restaurants right. that I want to be able to eat at. And and if wear you certain clothes. Wear certain clothes, man. You know, I'm gonna have to get in your closet because <laughs> you out you, you're outpacing me. Uh yeah. Okay. Whatever. But, people uh, people who know you, they know that you like. You like fine clothes as well. We kind of hit it off with a lot of that because we, we're into the same things. But I feel like if you work hard every day, you really should enjoy the fruits of your labor. Not overdo it. I don't think you go broke trying to impress people with what you drive, where you live, what you wear, because it's stupid. Eventually that catches up with you. But I think over time you can build yourself into a place where comfort is easy and it's manageable. And, you know, we all we we talk about that kind of stuff all the time. It's like you work hard every day. You could wear jeans and shorts and T-shirts and go in and grind or you could wear Armani, you know, or whatever or custom stuff. Sure. It's just having it in the right perspective. And I don't think anything is wrong with that. The country kind of now, if you want to be successful and look successful there, there are people who just hate you for it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, why be an American if you don't want the fruits of being in America? I have a, uh, a good friend of mine that has a studio in, in Mobile, Alabama, and uh, he bought a he bought a, a Porsche Boxster. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he bought a used Boxster. He didn't go out and buy a brand new. Not that, sure. he, not that he couldn't have, not sure. that he shouldn't have. Right. But, uh, and so uh, I was talking to him recently, and he said, uh, he said, yeah, I said, I just don't, I don't always like to drive it up to the studio. And I said, why not? He says, well, I, you know, I don't really want everybody to, to think that I'm making so much money that I'm buying, you know, that I'm buying it, you know, uh, uh, German cars. And now, now, now he's in Mobile and I'm not knocking Mobile, sure. but, but it is a little different feel than yeah. the, uh, you know, big city of Baton Rouge. Yeah. The big city of Baton but, uh, Rouge. <laughs> I said, uh, I said, Rob, you know, do what makes you comfortable. Do what yeah. makes you comfortable. But when you go to your doctor's office, when you go to your lawyer, when you go to these, what do you want? You want the guys driving the Maseratis. That's right. Because you know they're good. That's right. I said, so, you know, you could, you could look at it how you want to, but you don't become successful at anything unless you work hard, unless you treat people right. That's right. You know, we've been in business since 1993. Mm-hmm. And since 1993, you build a reputation. And if that reputation is not a good one, 
you're not going to be around that long. Right. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's in the same boat as I am. He's been, he's been teaching for a long time. And, you know, if, if somebody doesn't, somebody looks at, somebody looks at the clothes you wear and, and, and they feel like, uh, you know, you're dressing for anybody other than yourself, then they probably do the same thing. I guess. But for me, I, I do. I buy what I like. Yep. I wear what I like. I drive what I like. I live where I like to live. And I really don't spend any time thinking about what anybody else thinks right. about it because yep. I have to pay for it. I have to enjoy it. I tell kids, you cannot live your life in somebody else's head. And you can't let anybody have the real estate between your ears. You have to be happy because you know, I'm a country boy. I'm from New Roads, Louisiana. I'm very at home in shorts and sneakers sitting in my courtyard and just chilling, okay? I don't have to have custom stuff on, but I don't care. And quite frankly, when I see people with nice things, I'm happy for them. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty quick to throw someone a thumbs up or the old okay sign in traffic if they pull up to me next to, pull up next to me in something very nice. Like I've seen you in traffic a few times in mm-hmm. <laughs> one of your many fine foreign vehicles. Well, what, you know, what, uh, I think what it says about someone who, who, who dresses well, who takes care of themselves, yeah. who, you know, maintains their grooming, that's sure. self-respect. Absolutely. I mean, that's that, that's what that is more than anything else. Well, you look at successful people and, and, you're a successful guy who a big chunk of what you do is involved with physical and mental fitness emphasis on the physical part. Sure. But if you go into gyms like you and I, one of the gyms you and I work out at is the same gym. It's one of the YMCA's in Baton Rouge, the Manship Y, because yeah. it's close to where we both live. And when you go into those gyms, you see CEOs, oh, yeah. captains of industry, Uh, People who have gone through a life in the military, retired military veterans, house moms. You see success-oriented people in the gym. And let's face it, between the start and the end of a workout, it's not fun. A lot of days, a lot of days you're in there beating your body up going, crap, crap. Mm -hmm. But if you don't don't finish it or if you don't do it, you feel worse because it's like, man, I got to get my behind back in gear, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, same taking care of yourself. Right. You know, keeping yourself healthy. Absolutely. Taking pride in yourself, taking pride in your appearance. Um, yeah, I mean it's you know you, you need to stay you need to stay healthy, you need to stay fit and and people that are uh, again, we get back to the success part of it. It's the same type of personality, mm-hmm. you know, maintaining their business, maintaining your body, maintaining yourself. So at David Vincent's martial arts and fitness Let's look at a few scenarios because in your time as doing this, because I referenced that you're a seventh degree black belt, which is a lifetime of labor to get to that. Nobody just hands out black belts. I can attest to that. And so you've been doing it for so long. So let's say the average person comes in, someone who is lacking in self-esteem. Okay, you can tell you can tell the people who are not very confident and I know that I know you, so I know you want to transform them. You want to give them that thing that you have, that self-confidence. How do you go about doing that? Uh, I think it's, it's different for, it's different for, for every person. Mm-hmm. Um, fundamentally, we have, a, we have a program, we have a system. Sure. And, and everybody uh, steps into that system. When you step in, uh, you start off in a beginner class. Mm-hmm. So a pretty non-intimidating uh, atmosphere because it's beginners that are in there very easily 
or, or, or there are some very easily uh, attained goals, stripes, we put them on a belt. It's electrical right. tape. It's amazing sure. what people will do for electrical tape. Absolutely. You know? And uh, each one of those stripes of tape have, they have a different color, and each one represents something that you have accomplished. And so right off the bat, with some real easy things, we start you accomplishing. Mm-hmm. Um, we build on that. We don't give it to you. You've <laughs> got to earn it. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, a phrase that we use all the time, and, and I love to hear the kids finish my sentences. I say, first you learn, and they say, then you earn. And, and once we start building it's that truth pattern, about life, brother, it is. Yeah. Sure. And, and, you know, my, my goal is just like a lot of the parents go, I say, we just want to make these, these, these youth grow up to be productive, happy members of society. Right. I and mean, that's what we want out of these people. So when the kids start to have some success, even on the smallest level, um, it, it just starts to build that confidence. And I watch them all the time go from, you know, just really not sure, does my foot go here, does my foot go there, and, uh, and, and to stepping confidently with It's hard to do when take. you're learning it. You and don't it understand the importance of hand-eye coordination and sure. paying attention and core strength. It, is not, it, it may look easy if you're watching the video of someone do it, but trust me, even something as simple as a front kick is hard if you don't know how to do it properly. Sure, sure. And so we take the time to teach that and and, and, and that's where I think the confidence comes from. With the kids, it's really a lot easier than it is with my teens and adults because you get some of that same, some of those same situations with the teens or the adults. They come in and they're not going to tell you uh, or be so obvious that they are not confident, that they are intimidated by things. If, if, if it's a self-esteem issue that they have come there for, they're not going to be as open. They're, your parents aren't going to tell you this because they are the parent or they're the teenager and they're so self-conscious that they're not going to let you know. So you, you pick up on those things, but, but we still use the same system. And, uh, you know, in, in our studio, they call me Mr. Vincent. Mm-hmm. Um, and out, you know, out of respect, that's what we, we, you know, how we, uh, treat our instructors and, and, you know, sure. Mr. This and miss that. And, but, uh, I, I, when I'm working with these, these teenagers and the adults, even though I'm Mr. Vincent, um, I'm still a lot of times going to, you know, refer to you as Mr. or Miss. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's a mutual respect there and right off the bat, I think that goes to saying, Hey, I have value in you. Right. So whether that person feels a lot of value in themselves, I feel value in them. And that's, that's one thing that we really try to do is. Uh, make everybody feel like they are somebody that we want to work with family, you know, I mean family. And that's, uh, I have to, I have to be there every day. Um, but if it's going to be successful, I have to want to be there every day. And for me to want to be there every day, I want to have a relationship with the people that are there. I want to miss them when I'm not there or when they're not there, because then I know I can give them my best and I know they're going to turn around and give me their best and when those two things happen, there's no way. There's no way you can be anything but successful. There's no way you can do anything but achieve your goals. And uh, do you think martial arts? I think I well, I know the answer to this question. So let me ask it a different way. I know you believe that martial arts can help a lot of the kids in our society who are dealing with self-esteem issues and even violence. Let's talk about why, because most people assume 
gosh, some of these kids were getting into trouble. The last thing you want to do is teach them how to fight. Actually, martial arts teaches you how not to fight. So explain why that principle exists. Well, you know, I guess we touched on a little bit before about the whole self-control yeah. aspect. You know, we're constantly preaching self-control. And, uh, and, and you have examples of self-control. You know, throughout the class, you have to control yourself. Absolutely. There are things that you are you're going to be hitting targets. You're going to be, you have to control those, measure those kicks and punches. Um, you know, eventually you get to the point where you actually start to have contact with other individuals. Mm-hmm. You have to control that. Um, you know, when, when, when you're sparring and, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure how versed your, uh, your, your listener base is here, but, uh, let's take him through it. So in, in, a, in, in sparring, it's like a simulated fight, it's a simulated fight. Um, how hard you hit or get hit really depends on the two people that are sparring. Sure. If, uh, if you and I are sparring, then, you know, we might thump a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, not too much. But no, but I trust you and you trust me yes. because when you're sparring in a martial arts class, you're not combatants, you're teammates. You're teammates, you're working and together. That's right. It's my job to get the best out of you and you to get the best out of me, but I'm not trying to hurt you sure. and you're not trying to hurt me. And that's the difference because we're teammates. Yeah. And you might, uh, you know, you might get caught with one oh, yeah. every once in a while. And uh, there, there you go, right there. It's a test of your self-control. How do you react when somebody catches you with one? You know, do you pop off on them? Well, no, you don't. No, because generally speaking, it's an accident. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. In most cases. In most cases. <laughs> In some cases, In it's some not cases, an accident. maybe it's not. So, and then maybe you should pop off a then little maybe, bit. So let's talk about that. All, <laughs> that too, all huh? your years of sparring. Now, you know I know a lot of stories, yeah. but, I, but, but, but I'm going to leave it up to you to, to, to tell the ones you want to <laughs> tell. Over the years of sparring people, like, okay, no, no, no. Let's talk about the the jump. Was it the jump sidekick story where you won uh, a few levels of, of at a tournament doing just one kick, basically, because you were able to get into it fast? Oh, man. Uh, now, I was a kid. Yeah. And um, and it was probably one of my first uh, competitions where we actually sparred. Uh, you know, I, I, I really... I, my first my first competition was as a white belt, and white belts don't have any contact. And then how'd I, you how'd you do that? How'd you swing that? Well, because they'll have a division. They'll have a division okay. for white okay. belts. Uh, heck, now we have our little dragons. Our is what we call yeah. our four to six year olds, and they yeah. go and they compete. But of course, these little four year olds they don't hit each other. No, but, uh, you wouldn't want them to. No, <laughs> guys are crazy. But uh, no, it it, it uh, I mean, I was I was young. I really didn't know what I was doing. And uh, they said go, and I ran and jumped up near and kicked this guy, and they gave me like two three points. I said, well, that worked pretty good. Let me try it again. And so I went through about three, uh, three matches just doing the same thing over and over again. And I don't know, it worked. So I didn't want to stop doing it. Now, that was the only tournament I was able to do that. Yeah, and, no, and get away it with changes. It. Changes. I definitely had to uh, up my game from just that running, flying sidekick. But. Well, you know, it's, it's so funny. But you can gauge a person's offense if you pay attention i'm reading sun tzu the art of war right now and he really heavily lays on the importance of self-knowledge self-understanding but also you have to labor and work to understand the offense and defense of your opponent and that's kind of martial arts is being able to you know type through in your mind okay size this guy up if something happens if you know you're going to get into a conflict what do i do and you're not thinking about some Quentin Tarantino choreographed fight scene. You're thinking the fastest way to get this over with so I don't get hurt or worse, right? Yes, definitely. Um, so 
sparring is my favorite thing to do. That's yeah, if yeah. it's, I mean, um, I, I like all aspects of it, but you know, let's, let's put the boots and gloves on and that's when yes, sir. it just really, uh, that's when I'm at my happiest. <laughs> um, I feel like, and we, so we teach a lot of the philosophy of sparring and that might not be something that, that people do very often, especially on an amateur level, right on a professional level. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're being taught the strategy of fighting because it's, a lot of people have to make money off of your success. But that's the best part of it, even in the classes you teach, that you got to get to a place where you put these things in practical use. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. All these kicks and punches, they're not worth anything if you couldn't use them to defend yourself or your family. Or, right. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's all none of this was developed thousands of years ago for any reason other than to hurt people and break things. <laughs> That's right. Um, now we're, you know, we're fortunate in, in that we don't have to do that so much anymore. Right. You know? and, and we specifically go to places and live in places where we don't have to do that. Right. But that's what it was for. Yes. And so in these sparring matches, you get to employ all of the strategies to it. And, and so I'll give you a little philosophy here, a little sparring philosophy. Okay. So, um, two people lined up uh, across from each other. Mm-hmm. Put them in a particular stance. Try to draw this this picture verbally here. Put you in a stance, one foot in front of the other, hands are up, toe to toe. We've all seen that before. You sure. can look at it, a boxing stance. If I'm standing with my right foot in front and you're standing with your right foot in front, you're going to give me a different look than if you turn your body the other way. That's right. If I know whether you have your right foot or left foot in front, if I know every available weapon in my arsenal and I know that when you change your position, it changes the available weapons in my arsenal because because your target has changed. Right. If I know that so intimately, I already have my plan started because every time you turn your body, I know what I can do. And every time you turn your body again, I know what I can do. Now all, all, all I've got to do is start to see what you do. Right. And then I can start to see how what I do matches up to that. Right. It's a chess. It's a game of chess. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. Except it moves really fast. Yeah, it does. It and, moves really, really fast. And if you move on to the same square that your partner's moving on to, you just might get hit. Yep. So it is. It, it, but it's when, uh, you know, Michael Jordan talked about how things just slow down for him, you know, uh, and that, you know, when you're in the zone like that. It does. And that's that's where, that's my ultimate goal for, you know, especially my black belts to get to that point where when they're sparring, they don't think anymore. They just react. It just, they just react. It's- I was always kind of a, a shotgun as opposed to a, uh, a semi-automatic something that's firing 100 bullets at a time. I was more of the mindset that I want to protect myself from getting hit and take my shot as opposed to just going out there like, you know, some crazy person just, you know, throwing 150 kicks and punches all at one time. Cause I don't know how realistic that is. Cause the average actual fist fight may last 30 seconds before guys go to grabbing on one another because yeah. they're winded. Yes. Yeah. You're exactly right. And, uh, you know, when you've got two people that really don't know what they're doing, mm-hmm. they're going to start hugging and rolling around the concrete That's anyway. Right. So, uh, but, but what we don't want to do, uh, and the way I teach it is, uh, we don't want to get on the ground nope. because nobody wins when you're rolling around on asphalt. Um, now, I am a fan. Uh, you know, that said, I am a fan of uh, of the grappling arts. And, yeah, and as have, am I. Have trained in them and mm-hmm. am skilled in them. But 
but but um, we teach more of a stand-up style. Yeah. And we definitely teach, uh, you know, takedown uh, defense so that we don't find ourselves on the ground. But uh, I, you know, sparring for me, I feel like it's it's more of a it's more of a dance than it is yeah. anything else. Yeah. And um, you know, you're just moving with your partner, and sometimes you know, sometimes you have to let your partner lead. And that's the only way you're going to be in rhythm. And that leading may not always pay off, but it works. Well, no, you don't want it to pay off for them. You <laughs> the, want it so, to pay off for you. So what about your toughest, as, as a man, as an adult martial artist, your toughest sparring situation? One you went into where you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to take my lunchbox into this one. This, this guy is, he's going to make me work. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to, uh, you know... I, in my adult life, let's say, uh, as you asked, in my in my adult life, most of the people that that I competed against were people that I competed against growing up. Okay. Through my teenage years. So you knew them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, it was very rare because you compete based on your level. You compete based based on your rank. Mm-hmm. So at the rank that I was through my adult life, you don't get there by being somebody new. No. Um, I tell you, probably, uh, I had a really good friend of mine who uh, lives in North Carolina, and that's where he has a, a school up there. And uh, when we would line up at competitions, look down the line and say, all right, well, that's so-and-so, that's going to be a tough one. Oh, that's so-and-so, I could probably get past him pretty easy. That's so-and-so, that's a win. And I look down, and I, I see this guy, and I'm thinking, who is that guy? So I look over to a partner of mine, and I say, hey, who is that? And he says, oh, he says, he says, that's Mike. I said, Mike, Mike who? He said, Michael Deese. And uh, I said, no, Michael Deese is fat. And he says, not the new Michael Deese. <laughs> the new Michael Deese is lean and mean. Yeah. Well, he had moved up to North Carolina and started training with some other guys up there. And uh, he got in shape. He beat me <laughs> the last three times uh, that I was ever, was it two? The last two times that I was ever beat, that boy beat me. And he wasn't even somebody we ever thought of before. But he was my, as I told him, he was my last two uh, losses ever. And after him, I never lost again. Right. Uh, now, I did get some payback on him. We uh, had a belt testing, and uh, he, he stepped out to spar me at one of my belt testings. And, uh, I, you know, after I was done, I really expected more out of him. He, he Really expected him to push me a little bit more, but instead I was, was kind of having my way with him. And, and after it was all over with, I talked to him for a second and I said, uh, he, well, actually he came up to me and he said, man, I really wanted to get out there and push a little bit. He said, but I don't know what it was. He says, I think maybe you just kind of started a little fast on me. He said, it was hot in the gym. And he said, I, I thought if you hit me in the stomach too hard, I was going to going to lose my lunch. Right. And, uh, and he said, yeah, he said it was so bad that I was about to tell you that. And I said, Michael, you're lucky you didn't tell me that. Right. Because I would have kicked you in your stomach. Because that's what I would have done. It's like, no, don't tell me. Hey, don't kick me on my side. It hurts there. Yeah. Pop. That's where you will get kicked every time. <laughs> and that's not dirty. That's the way no, the game is played. No, that's just fun. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say, you know, uh, my, my toughest matches have been against some of my best friends. But uh, that's probably why we're best friends. So how, uh, how often do you run into people on the streets who want to try you once you they learn your martial artist because we were together Sunday at a fundraiser yeah. that I, I gave for military veterans and Which was very enjoyable by thank, the way thank you sir really enjoyed that 
And we sat with a mutual friend of ours. And for the better part of two hours, all, all he could talk about was martial arts. And he kept saying, oh, yeah, David, you could take him out. You could take him out. And, of course, it's all in, in good fun because, like I said, this guy's a mutual friend of ours. And he might have been slightly glazed from uh, from the cocktail factory just a little bit. But it's all right. We were all happy. Oh, man, it's all good. So, yeah, what what? How often do you run into that kind of thing from people? What and not necessarily with like our guy who's a friend of ours, sure, just people sure. you meet. Well, I tell you, uh, probably one of the toughest women I know is my wife. And yeah, uh, when when people get uh, when people get wind of the fact that she's a sixth degree black belt, yep. and that I'm a seventh degree black belt, usually what I've got more than anything else is so who can beat up who. So uh, and I, your smart answer I, is, is she gets me every time. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my exactly answer. right. But uh, yeah, I, I don't. Uh, you know, I really don't run into that too much. Um, well, and, you're not moving around in circles, no, generally speaking, where that exactly. kind of crap's going to come up anyway. Exactly. And and I think uh, really, um, I think that our reputation, our studio's reputation, is is much more of a professional sure um, atmosphere. You know, we're not teaching people to get out there and brawl and. You know, when people bring their their kids to me, or uh, or their or their spouse, or their teenager, when they bring them to me, it's not. It's very rarely um, they need to def- they need to defend themselves. Right. It's it's usually I need to get them active, and yeah. they can't find the sport that they want. Um, or, uh, gosh, I mean, we train you know athletes, professional athletes that that uh, want to cross train. Mm-hmm. So I you know I think the fitness aspect and and the the discipline aspect kind of carries uh, our reputation far enough that you know every once in a while I might get the hey you think you could take that guy and so of course I, yeah I could take him yeah I mean you've been <laughs> doing it for so long and yeah. and I generally believe it you know I fell in in love with it really in your studio and for me it was mostly I don't like BS I just never never been my thing yeah and I'm not the biggest on people with BS you know and and look if that's who you are great I'll just do something else and I just remembered coming there and how hard it pushes you. I mean, I'm in pretty decent shape, but you go into there and you work, buddy. And if you get something, you sure enough earned it. Now, I, you and I were friends. We became fast friends, but I was never given a free lunch. I had to earn everything. In fact, I almost didn't pass one of the belt levels. Yep, I remember and that. And it was on my last time Board I break. pulled it out. Mm-hmm. No, oh, it, was, it, was it, it was a form. Yeah, yeah right. I loved breaking boards. I was yep. never going to have a problem with that. Yeah, I always was, told was you I'm form. either going to break break my foot or break the board, but mm-hmm. I'm going to kick the hell out of it <laughs> or strike it. And that was never an issue yeah. for me. But it sure was. It was a form. But, but it's like that. That let me know, even though I didn't have doubts, that says, well, that shows you you're going to earn it in here. Because as tight as you guys are, you were like, look, if you didn't pass, you weren't going to get it. Right. So I just think for people who want to get into it and, they're, and if they're wondering what do you get out of it from someone who's been a student, you do feel better about yourself because of what you accomplish. And it is hard. And that's the thing. It's not easy to learn these things. And the forms, oh, my God. They can, they can get complicated. <laughs> So I encourage people who are thinking about it to get into it. But what about uh, what about knuckleheads now? I know you've had knuckleheads come through there, people that you've had to take down a few pegs because you've told. I mean, I've been there with people who have been slight knuckleheads where you've got to warn them, look, lighten up. Yeah. Yeah. What about that? Um, again, some of the things that you would think that uh, martial arts studio would have a lot of problems with. Uh, 
We just we just don't have. Too it doesn't many happen a whole lot. But when and, you run across and, it, what do you do? Yeah, uh, people don't. You know, people like to be surrounded by people that that they have something in common with. Sure. And uh, so we don't attract too many knuckleheads because right. we didn't start with too many knuckleheads. Right. Um, you know, I also feel a responsibility um, to non knucklehead them. So if, if someone has maybe a little bit too much testosterone flowing and they need uh, a little bit of a challenge, then we like to redirect that and, mm -hmm. and challenge them in other ways. Yep. Um, break it down to the human element too um, and, and try to build that uh, relationship of, hey, we're, we're family here. So you have to be respectful of if it's a big guy and he hits a smaller person, you know, a little too hard with a little too much, I'm going to give him some respect and say, obviously you didn't mean to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, let's lighten up a little bit on that. And so I, I like to handle that as much as I can with respect, with a sense of trying to uh, get to their human side. Sure. Before you um, have to chastise them. Well, and, uh, you know, there's, there's the uh, older teaching styles and there's newer teaching styles, yeah. you know, um, the art and, and myself personally have evolved over the years. There certainly was a time where if, uh, if you hit hard, then I would step in and hit you hard. And yeah. Um, and so, you know, we met force with force mm -hmm. and the greater force would prevail. Always. Um, now we don't do that as much, or if, if we do that, it's, uh, it's a little bit, it's a little softer. It's not quite so obvious. Uh, we used to be very obvious with it, uh, but now not so much. And that has more to do with the litigious society in which we live. <laughs> oh, Lord, don't talk. Uh, well, you know? it's funny because in my time in, in being there, I could remember standing in front of, you know, some little ladies sure. before sparring. And they're looking at me like, oh, dear God. Mm -hmm. And I, know, I could tell that they're worried. And then you're given the command to go, and it's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And that always made me feel pretty good. And then you get in front of a couple of guys who think, oh, man, we're going to brawl. And it's like, no, we're not. And then it's okay. Sometimes you can de-escalate the other person just by the way you conduct yourself. Now, there are times where a guy will th throw his what I like to call a pork chop and, mm -hmm. you know, give you a stiff one. And you let a couple go. My thing sure. was always the third one. Always the third one called for return fire. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty tough. I can take a shot, and I don't really grab. There's never been a time that I ever did it where someone hurt me, thank God. Sure. Yeah. But there have been a couple times where guys took liberties, and I gave them a couple. But on that third one, I'm going to send one back fast and hard you know, it's, just to say, let's not do that. That's not what we're here to do. You're exactly right. And, and uh, the funny thing is, you know, we're talking about uh, – we're talking about like business professionals. Oh, yeah. We're talking about, you know, <laughs> when I talk about thugs their, or no, foolish, you know, talking about fools men in or their, whatever. in their late thirties, yeah. early forties, yeah. you know I mean? And, and yeah, every once in a while you guys will, will you know, it, it, let one fly, you know, mm -hmm. you kick a couple times kind of hard or want to push a little bit. And sometimes it's just to see, I've, you know, I, I as an observer, sometimes I, I notice that it's, they want to see what they can do. Sure. It's not a testing of your partner oh, as sure. much as it is. I want to see what I can do. I'm excited about the techniques and the skills and the power I've developed. I want to use a little bit of it. So that gets reined back in pretty easy. And, you know, when when the sparring portion of the class is going on, when the contact part is going on, of course, you have 
two people who are who are sparring each other that are responsible to keep it at the level that they were taught sure. to keep it at. But you've also got instructors that are in there that are also surveying that. Sure. And that's why, uh, you know, that's why there's always one person out observing. And even if I'm in there sparring with the group, there's an even number of people. There's not somebody out. Mm -hmm. I'm sparring, but I am watching oh, sure. what's going on in the sure. entire room because you never know. I mean, it, who knows? Somebody might, you know, it might escalate for some. Have you had that? Have you ever had that? Reason. Like some people, you know, kind of degrade from a sparring match to sure. a Donnybrook? Over the years, yes. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the last time it happened, I couldn't even tell sure. you it's been so long. What but, do you do when that happens? Do you let them just slug it out, or do you? what do you do? Depends. Yeah. Depends on who it is. Sure. You know? Uh, yeah, there's definitely been times when I've just kind of watched it and, and let it go down, um, and there's been other times when, you know, I've had to, to step in and say that this isn't appropriate. Now, it's never appropriate. And uh, I guess we are talking a little more old school yeah. than, than we are currently. I'm kind of that guy. Um, but uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, there have been times when, and, and I've been guilty of it myself, you know, training over the years mm -hmm. where, you know, I've sparred with somebody who I felt like wasn't showing me the respect that they needed to show. Right. And uh, it escalated never to a point where I had to be reprimanded necessarily. Sure. But definitely escalated to a point where, we were both trying to prove a point. I don't think you ever had to tell me in any of the times that we were in there and, and I was sparring to like ease up on people. Cause I generally never went in looking to hurt anybody. I mean, no. seriously, it just, I guess, you know, everybody's got an ego. I got an ego like everybody else. I think anybody who says I don't have an ego, well, maybe you don't have an ego, but you have a problem telling lies. Cause yeah. you know, you got, you got an ego. Everybody does. But I was generally just trying to get in shape to learn it. Sure. Cause I love, I love the sport. I've worked out with friends that I've shown some things and I always tell them, this, this, you know, your teammates, there's no need to fight. You're just trying to learn how to protect yourself. Yeah. But um, the from the first time that we sparred, I could see the instructor in you as this was happening at bullet speed. I mean, it's really going because you got to make certain that I'm green as goose crap and that I don't do something out of ignorance that may hurt you or me. So you got to protect against that. Plus, you're, you're kind of coaching along the way as this is happening and that was kind of fascinating because it's all happening so fast and it made me trust you even before we were friends because it's like okay because what I won't do is go into a place where someone will take advantage of you and that's not just martial arts that's anything because it's like don't use my ignorance against me mm -hmm. and I always felt like the atmosphere was never that that people who didn't understand were given every benefit to learn and if you didn't want to work if you didn't take it seriously, if you didn't have your crap together, if you didn't bring your stuff, then you were going to be treated like someone who didn't deserve the honor of being in the class. And I always thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's I'll take that as a compliment and, and say say thank you. Uh, you know, I, we I, I never think about what would I do if I didn't do this for a living. Sure. Uh, but I think what I've learned about myself as a, as a, as a person is, uh, I'm a teacher. Um, you know, I just happen to teach martial arts, which is my favorite subject, but that's, that's really who I am. Um, I mean, that's, that's the person that I am. And I teach the martial arts, but I also teach just like a teacher in school would teach someone to be confident, sure. to work hard, to let those lessons that it takes to learn filter into other aspects of your life and uh you know when when we're sparring it's not for me uh it's for you oh sure and um you know i've had mine 
And and if I want mine, I can get mine again. Uh, No, and I I feel the the reward in sparring someone or in the the teaching part of it. Now, we're at a place now in the times that we've sparred, I guess recently, it it hadn't been in a while with us. It's like... I could definitely tell that, you know, you're going not probably not full speed because of the experience and and the grade of knowledge because you're a seventh degree black belt. But I can tell I can't go. (laughs) I can't lollygag through them now. You're not going to let me get away with anything now. Oh, no. Nor Sarah. So it's like, yeah, I can't go in there now. There there will be no I'm going to give you this one. It's going to always be. Okay, so I'm 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 more ready now yeah. when we spar because it's like, hey, he ain't let me get get away with anything today. No, if you're man, when you're a black belt, you gotta <laughs> you gotta bring it every time. You know, we're not we're not gonna give it to you, but uh, yeah, I mean, you say you say Sarah, um, I was, and as a matter of fact, um, had this conversation recently too. There's there's two people at the studio right now that uh, that I say they could hit me. Um, you know, I always pride myself in you're not gonna hit me unless unless I let you. I am I'm not I will not let you hit me. There's two people in that studio that man, I don't know. <laughs> I gotta be extra careful of them. And uh and one of them is Trey Dotson. And oh uh, yeah, my god. You know exactly why I'm saying yeah. Trey. I guess I'm calling him out yeah. on this one, but the yeah. other one is my wife. Yeah. And uh with Trey, it's because he's he's very awkward. He's yeah. he's very flexible, he's very awkward. His he doesn't for somebody who learned, you know, from me exclusively since he was, I don't even know, he's trained with me for probably 16 years. Yeah. I still don't know what that boy's going to do. Don't know at all. Um, he's the only person in there who caught me one time with a kick that was so, it was so funny. I got so fired up. This was like earlier this year we're, we're sparring and we're going around and I'm waiting on him. And he's waiting on me. Yeah. And he told me afterwards, he said, I generally don't spar people who don't just run at me. Like, you're waiting to see what I'm going to do. And he's doing the same thing. It's like, well, first of all, your rank is higher than me. Second of all, you're about 105 pounds. You, yeah. you bend like a piece of spaghetti. So I'm not going to see how this matrix thing's going to happen. And we go one time and and he caught me square in the nose. Oh square in the nose and this was because i i was turning or something and it happened so quickly and i saw it happening in slow motion but it happened fast and as i'm reacting to it i'm kicked and then he's and i got a scratch in my nose so i see blood and it's like and again it wasn't something it was my fault not his actually so most people will go are you crazy no it was my fault because i was gonna kick and i didn't kick and that that's one of the big no-nos if you if you're if you start throwing a kick you better yeah, finish, finish it, it. Mm-hmm. so he was like are you okay I said, man i'm fine i'm laughing at myself thinking crap that happened really fast so yeah, yeah you, he's he's something else you learn you know you learn these guys uh yeah he, he's a counter spar yeah. and uh and and with a counter spar and this get back gets back to the philosophy of sparring with a counter spar they their comfort zone is when you're coming in. Oh, yeah. Their comfort zone is they want you to throw something, so that tells them what they're going <laughs> the to block That's the way I think about it. With. That's right. And, uh, you know, and, and so you, you take people out of their comfort zone, and, uh, and, and then, then you'll have more success with them. Uh, but, yeah, my wife being the other one, but uh, she's, she is predictable. You, you do know what she's going to do. The problem you just can't is stop it. You just can't do anything about it. She's uh, 
She's she's fast enough, but she's strong and flexible, and she has no remorse. She really does not. That's care what I love about her. If she kicks you, <laughs> it's she, like so. It's like the <laughs> the mutual friend of ours was talking noise, and she kicked him in the tongue, in the tongue, in the freaking tongue, and it's like that's how fast it happened, and because he's you know big jock strong guy thinking oh a piece of cake, and uh, now that was funny. That, uh, I never had to be humbled like that because oh, no. I always go into a situation thinking, you know more than me, so I'm just going to see where this goes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was funny. She kicked uh, – there was um, one of our mutual friends uh, played football in college. Yeah. He's a big old boy. Yeah. He, he's an athletic yeah. boy, and I won't, I won't say his name, but, uh, <laughs> but his daughter, uh, Madeline Golden, just yeah. got her second-degree black belt. <laughs> and so uh, – he he was talking to Sarah, saying, "Hey, you know, if you ever need a sparring partner, I'll, I'll come spar." And he hadn't taken a martial art <laughs> class in his life, and uh, and so finally Sarah said, "I just couldn't take it anymore." I said, "Why don't you come on over and we'll spar?" So uh, she sent him home with a with a busted lip. It's this big old, uh, you know, six. He's probably about six six two or so. And I'd six three. I six give three. That. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and definitely in shape. Oh, uh, he's in phenomenal. Definitely shape. in shape and. Uh, yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty surprised when, uh, you know, when little Sarah popped him in his face, and and he went home and he told his daughter. He says, "Look at my lip." He says, "You know who did this, Miss Sarah?" And his daughter, who is one of my black belts now, now he is now too. Yeah, he, he earned some respect yeah. for uh, for the art and decided to take some real lessons that's and right. earn his black belt. But uh, she said, "Well, Daddy, that's why they teach you to keep your hands up." So. <laughs> no remorse from his kid either. Uh-uh. No, All right, we don't so teach none of that. how can people learn more about? MA fit. How can they reach you? The whole thing. Cause I, I listen, this is blatant. I'm encouraging people to call you directly. I want people to investigate and learn. I want to send you some people because I think it's great. I think it's wonderful for kids. If you doubt it, you can actually go to a class and watch a class. You can put your kid in a class and let him go through it to see if he or she likes it. I guarantee you they will, yeah. but you can go and see it. So how can people reach you? Give them some contact info. Sure. Uh, definitely website, has uh, all the information that you need, uh, and that's uh, dvmafit.com. Mm-hmm. That's the uh, website, David Vincent's Martial Arts and Fitness, uh, dvmafit.com. Also, the uh, call us, too. Um, gosh, we answer the phone 24-7. Sure. Um, and that number is uh, 225-766-5181. Uh, either my one wife. One more time, one more time. Yeah, yeah. And I'll, and I'll post it as well, but one more time. Sure, it's 766 766- Five one eight one, and either myself or my wife will answer the phone. We always do. Um, and where are you on Facebook or Twitter or something like that? You guys on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. Okay, have, yeah. David Vincent's Martial Arts and Fitness. Uh, we have a Facebook, uh, and we keep that pretty regularly posted. Um, my wife does all the social me- social media stuff, so she's got she's got a Twitter account. You know, the whole nine yards. Uh, you could you could follow us there as well. And uh, the class schedule is online. It's uh, all can be accessed through Facebook as well. And I'm thinking about coming back, brother. Come on, man. You know where it is. We're uh, we're on we're on Blue Bonnet. Uh, so if that's your neck of the woods, Blue yeah. Bonnet Highland Road, that's where we are. But uh, yeah, come by and check it out. And you know, uh, even if even if the location isn't good, and you want to get into martial arts and you want to find a school, I still think it's worth uh, coming by and checking out our studio. As a yeah. basis of comparison, sure, kind of you know, kind of kind of see what's out there, and uh, you know, I I definitely 
want to eat at the nice restaurants and I definitely want to, you know, shop at the nice stores. Um, but I also understand convenience is a big sure. part of it. So, uh, you know, you got to look at the schedule and all that stuff. But I still think it's worth it. I mean, I've known, I've known friends who've come through and done it. I think it's worth it. I mean, I had a hell of a lot of fun doing it. Um, I went all the way through, you know, that first level of everything without ever failing a test, even with my schedule, because I took it seriously. Like I said earlier, I only came close one time and I had to earn my way through it. That's that was the belt that I enjoyed the most. It wasn't the black belt. It was one of the ones prior to that, because I, I almost didn't make it and I had to marshal my attention. And there's no help. Nobody pulls you aside and says, here's what you did wrong. It's like, you got to earn this, man, 100% on your own. So even though it was at your studio, those are my belts. You yes. didn't give me that. No. That's mine. And that's where the mutual respect, you know, I got respect for you because of what you did. I know what you accomplished. Sure. And, uh, and then I have respect for myself because I know I didn't compromise. That's right. So it was good. So, you know, we'll spar again. I mean, you know, maybe I'll spar you before Sarah. Yeah, I would recommend that. <laughs> David Vincent's Martial Arts and Fitness. You got the contact information. The number again is 225-766-5181. And we'll link to it on Facebook and Twitter as well. Thanks, my friend. Yeah, always a pleasure. All right, back to wrap things up in just a moment. Clay Young here with John Fabry with Infinity of Bat Rouge and Infinity of Lafayette. You know, John, every week or every time we do these, we talk about different models. But I want to take some time to talk about the way that Infinity serves its customers. And when people come into the dealership and they see what you have to offer, the the answer is clear. Buy an Infinity. Well, as people, we talk all the time, people do a lot of shopping online before mm-hmm. they come in and other makes, other models. And the only thing that I ask that, you know, we plead on this, these radio spots is, is people that give Infinity an opportunity. You look at, there's a lot of good competition out there. Sure. But the people that we sell that have looked at every other brand and given every other consideration, when they do and they give Infinity an opportunity, they buy an Infinity. Well, you can see the full selection, InfinityBR.com for Infinity of Baton Rouge. And in the Lafayette area, InfinityLAF.com for Infinity of Lafayette. It's quality, it's service, it's a great reputation at Infinity. Welcome back to the Clay Young Show. Hopefully you got a little something out of that and that you will take advantage of calling my boy David Vincent and talking with him about martial arts. He really is good at what he does. Like I said, he's a seventh degree black belt. How can you not be good at what you do? You guys have a great one. We appreciate your listening. And thanks again for all of the support we got for Smoke Him If You Got Him too. the 2015 edition. And we'll do it again next year. Benefiting a worthy cause as always. Have a great one, and we'll see you next time on The Clay Young Show on podcast225.com and on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.